0: It's time for Cadillac On Call on News Radio 610-KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac On Call, here's Jim Hall.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to Catholic On Call, presented by the Catholic Foundation. Each week, we are here to talk about a wide array of health and medical topics. And certainly, for the past two and a half years, the COVID-19 pandemic has been one of our key focuses. But tonight, we will not only touch on that and get the latest from the Benton Franklin Health District, but we're going to talk about canine security. At Catholic Regional Medical Center has brought on a second canine security team, and they have performed a very... Uh, Excellent work in support of the caregivers and the patients uh, throughout the Catholic Health System. And we'll meet the new canine security team. And we'll also tell you about an upcoming 10K run that's making its first appearance in the Tri-Cities. And so it's going to be a great run over in the city of Richland coming up later in September. And it all benefits a good cause, the Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation. So a lot of ground to cover tonight as we get ready to put an end to the month of August of 2022. Can you believe it? We are almost into the fall, uh, the September, uh, the fall here on the tri city So we will go straight to the phones for our first guest, Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. And Heather, I know uh, school has started, a holiday weekend is upon us. And I know since we've talked about the COVID-19 pandemic, as we've faced uh, the opening of school, especially with holiday weekends, that's been kind of a time of, of worry uh, for us around the community relative to COVID. But where are we at this year in 2022 as we get ready to head into the final holiday weekend of the summer?
2: That's a really good question, um, Jim. Actually, we're sitting in pretty good shape compared to where we've been in in the last couple of years as we're heading into the back-to-school back to, the, back to school time I think it's an important time for families to remember not only uh, COVID prevention um, and vaccination, but vaccinations in general. When we look at what's happening with the uh, polio concern back East, it reminds us that vaccine preventable diseases are few and far between because vaccines work. And when we see situations like happened in, in New York, the East Coast with the polio concern, that again tells us we can't let our guard down on vaccinations, especially when it's our kids' health involved. And uh, certainly with COVID not going away, it's it sounds like it is here to stay, we need to keep our eyes focused on whatever we can do to keep our kids and our families safe going into the school year. And it's not only just for our own personal families, it's all the staff that work at the schools too. Uh, We need to do whatever we can to help them stay healthy throughout the school year. That does include vaccinations.
1: And I know vaccinations, uh, as we have evolved through the origins of two series vaccinations and then two uh, series of two boosters, And now I know there's talk, and we have been talking about this uh, for months now, that at some point we'll probably be getting an annual COVID shot. And I know just today, in fact, as we're on the air, the FDA has approved an additional booster coming up relatively soon. Tell us a little bit about that and what should we be thinking about that?
2: Sure. I think it's important for people to understand that this is a booster situation. In order to qualify for the the two um, Moderna and Pfizer bivalent COVID boosters, you have to have had your primary series with the vaccine that's been out now for quite some time. So if you have had both of those vaccines, then you are able to get that booster with the new bivalent uh, variety. Uh, What you said about this potentially becoming an annual booster, and, uh, yeah, that's exactly what we expect will happen in the long run, much like what we do with the influenza season. You know, people... Um, get that annual flu shot. The the, um, formula is typically changed every year to match what is anticipated to be the circulating strains of flu. Well, the same thing is very likely to happen with COVID, looking to see what is the circulating variant, what's out there, and let's get a vaccine to match so we have the best protection possible for what we think is going to happen. And that is likely to mean you know, an annual booster to protect against that, that most likely variant you're going to get exposed to.
1: Now, my understanding from what the FDA just announced today, the Pfizer vaccine would be for ages 12 and up, Moderna 18 and up. And I know they're probably not quite uh, got all the rollout of this settled yet, but is is it likely just to be what we've been doing with the boosters that we would access through either a provider or a pharmacy or something like that to get these boosters?
2: That's correct. And then the next step that needs to happen is the Center for Disease Control will look at how to roll it out, which which groups of people that are at risk should have the first chance at the vaccine. And we expect to hear from uh, CDC by the end of this week as far as their opinions on how it should actually be rolled out to our communities. But we anticipate seeing the the bivalent vaccines arriving in our communities you know very very soon certainly within the next week or so.
1: And is there any I know on the vaccine throughout this whole whole uh, last couple of years once the back vaccines uh, hit the market and hit hit ability to, to to get into arms of folks is there any concern relative to the efficacy of this and the safety of this? This
2: these uh, vaccines are made the exact same way as, as they have been all along, and it's been well-proven throughout the last few years that these are very safe vaccines. Um, they work very well at stimulating the immune system to prevent you from likely a hospitalization if you catch COVID and definitely helps improve your chances in the long run of, of not dying as a result of COVID. Just like with flu vaccine, every year the formula changes, and we certainly wait out the flu season to see, well, was it a good match? Did it work? Did it protect? Vaccines are not 100%, and there's a little bit of a guessing game anticipating what variant or what virus strain is going to come through. But in the long run, you're better off getting vaccinated than you are if, if you don't.
1: And I understand with this latest booster, its effectiveness is hopefully to take take care of some of these variants that have surfaced.
2: Right. The, the, uh, the um, BA4 and BA5 variants that seem to be circulating and highly, highly contagious. And, again, the reason it's considered a booster is you have to have that primary series to get your immune system stimulated the way we want it to with with the initial doses. And then the booster aspect just tweaks it. It it pokes at your immune system and says, wake up and gets the protection boosted back up again. And we know, especially with this vaccine, that the protection is a little bit short-lived. It doesn't impart lifetime immunity, just like flu vaccines don't. And that's, again, where it necessitates that booster concept later on, just to give your immune system another boost in protection.
1: Two quick topics before we let you go for tonight. One has to do, I know you had mentioned in previous weeks that you've been getting a lot of inquiry at the Health District on monkeypox from primarily parents and families. Where are we this week Is there with that?
2: At this point, we still just have the two cases reported here in Benson County. We continue to have people uh, who do fit the risk category coming in for vaccination. Our biggest message is really to to families with kids heading back to school. I know the schools have been talking about this and what should they be doing to protect these students against monkeypox, and. so they're very aware, they're knowledgeable, and they know what to look for. But we really need the community to understand you have to catch monkeypox by very close, intimate, skin-to-skin contact with somebody who has it. So if your child comes down with a rash and your child hasn't been in very close, intimate, skin-to-skin contact with somebody else with a rash like this, it's not going to be monkeypox. It's not that easy to catch. You just don't catch it casually by being in the same room with somebody, walking by the store, you know, sitting next to them on the bus. So it really does take some very close, intimate, personal skin-to-skin contact.
1: And finally, as school gets underway and the weather begins to change and, and the fall begins to appear in our community, uh, let's conclude with flu shots. Uh, how soon will folks start expecting to get their flu shots and, and any anything to concerns ourselves with that this year?
2: Sure. We know that flu shots are starting to arrive in pharmacies and provider offices. And our message is go ahead, go in, get them at any time. Um, look at the rest of your vaccines. Do you need a pneumonia shot with it? Um, making sure that you are protected for all those problems that that you can be faced during the winter months. But getting your flu shot anytime now would be perfectly good for you.
1: Finally, let's uh, finish with a COVID comment, maybe in 20 or 30 seconds. Just uh, compare where we are today versus where we were last year when I know Delta was really upon us in a big way.
2: So I think Settling into a little bit of a routine. We have our surveillance systems. People are well educated. The schools are educated and able to take care of what needs to happen. The health district is backing off a little bit in our response and will continue to do so as COVID becomes more of a long term chronic. It's here for the long run. <laughs> Um, But I think it's also extremely important to remember we are still seeing people dying weekly from COVID. So it's not just an inconsequential virus. It is still a deadly virus, but we have a lot of tools in our toolkit to help protect us from it.
1: Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. We'll talk again next week. Back with more of Cadillac On Call right after this. Welcome back to Catholic on Call, presented by the Catholic Foundation and two projects that have been recently funded by the Catholic Foundation. We're going to shine the light on them right now, and that is the Canine Security Program at Catholic Regional Medical Center. Three years ago, the team of Pete, or I'm sorry, the team of Phil and Colonel started uh, providing security on the Catholic campus, uh, funding made possible through the Catholic Foundation, and now that security team is expanding into a second team of security officers which includes Pete Almaguer and major another canine security team. And with us now to talk about that is Jake Raleigh, who is the security and safety manager at Catholic. And Jake, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Just maybe a little overview of, of, of what is the, the reason for the need? What role does the, 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 canine security team plays as part of taking care of patients and families as they go through the hospital setting.
0: Hi, Jim. Well, thank you so much for having me on, on the show. Okay. Um, very appreciative of it. Um, yeah, so when it comes to uh, healthcare uh, security K nine teams, uh, the roles that that both uh, Pete and Phil uh, support is um, really providing that that presence and, and the ability for uh, for our to, to support our, our security team members in uh, assuring a safe and secure uh, environment for our patients, our caregivers. Um, and, and our visitors. Um, and what's uh, what's been funda- fundamental about uh, having a canine team in healthcare is their ability to, um, you know, help, uh, help de-escalate a, a, a tense situation when somebody may not be having their best day. Um, and it's proven to be very effective in ensuring that uh, some of these um, High-risk situations are dealt or, or um, de-escalated in a very safe manner. Uh, with the introduction of Pete and Major, um, it, through the through the gracious uh, support of the Catholic Foundation, we're able to expand our canine services from what used to only be the hospital to now the Catholic clinics, the ambulatory surgery centers, the express cares, and the urgent care. Uh, so we're really able to meet, uh, meet the need of our caregivers out where, where they need to be met.
1: I think you said uh, anywhere there's a Catholic presence or a sign that you might see around the Tri-Cities area, whether it's a freestanding emergency department, the HealthPlex, or any primary care clinic out in the Tri-Cities, they may be uh, seeing the presence of uh, Pete and Major. Phil and Colonel have been on staff for three years now. What has that meant to the team at Catholic, and, and, and how effective have they been?
0: Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, when it comes to the security team, uh, having uh, Pete – I'm sorry, Phil, Phil and Colonel uh, for the last three years has really given, given the team a, a sense of uh, – a strong sense of safety. Um, not just the feeling, but we've actually observed it in in action and how uh, Phil and Colonel uh, just enter a room, um, you know, whether it, it's, on, it's on a service call or even if it's just, you know – you know, offstage in, in, in the security office, where uh, they're just happy to go see you know Uncle Jake or Uncle Uncle Caleb or, or whoever his whatever officer is on. Um, and so it brings a really strong sense of um, camaraderie and sense of uh, teamwork when, whenever they're they're around. Um, and as as it affects our, our caregivers, um, there's there's a strong sense of, of tranquility whenever they are rounding on the units, they're rounding on our caregivers. Um, you know, I will admit that um, Colonel may have been putting on a couple of pounds. Um, there's a, quite a bit of tasty treats throughout the facility, <laughs> and the caregivers love them. Uh, you know, um, not only does does Colonel have a uh, a life at home uh, like a, a normal normal dog uh, would, you know, he also enjoys his life at at Cadillac, and uh, the caregivers have really made it uh, a home for him.
1: And the fact that, as you touched on, that just that added level of security and and really support, probably, and and then there's the component, the ultimate people, in in, in addition to the staff or the, or the patients themselves, that I'm sure that that's a, a tremendous source of comfort to families uh, when when they're visiting loved ones or they themselves are patients.
0: Oh, a- absolutely. Um... You know, uh, it's kind of hard to have a bad day when you got, uh, you know, a a ball fluff, you know, giving you love Um, or, you know, just just entering into uh, it, just just, just going on onto the unit or into the area. Um, It just really helps, you know, Colonel, Colonel and uh, and Major. uh, They just bring that a sense of just uh, everything is going to be okay.
1: And definitely the the way Colonel has, has embraced uh, his role has been really special. But make no mistake, these are highly trained animals and their handlers have been through hours and hours of training. And so they are very good at what they do.
0: Oh, ab- absolutely. Both uh, both canine teams, they've uh, undergone 10-week uh, ten ten, ten training courses down in uh, Alabama. Uh, Alabama is one of the nationally recognized uh, canine training complexes uh, in the North America. Um, and both of these, these teams are trained to international um, standards as it pertains to your tracking, your apprehension, uh, uh, and your uh, narcotics or your explosive detection capabilities. Uh, there's, you know, they follow the, the international standards and protocols, and they're certified to those standards, and they maintain their, their training to those standards. Um, and that's and, – and in that um, – and bringing that level of professionalism and that level of, um, of uh, tactics and, and techniques uh, only, only uh, further supports what we're doing uh, at Catholic, uh, with our with our physical security team.
1: Now, many of our listeners may be wondering how Colonel and now Major got their names. And for people that may not be aware of the history of Cadlick, Cadlick was named after Lieutenant Colonel Harry Cadlick with the Army Corps of Engineers who were the, the dawn of the Manhattan Project back in the early 1940s. Lieutenant Colonel Cadlick was one of the key leaders uh, in all of that work that was happening. And Jake, I know that's where the name came from. But talk a little bit about the staff actually has a role and has had a role in naming both animals.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, so when we when we first brought on on Colonel, uh, you know, at a point where he he was nameless, but um, that was a huge huge uh, or that was a very important to our caregivers is you know imbuing our our heritage into the canine program and when the caregivers had voted on on colonel it it almost seemed logical that um, they wanted a major next and just going down the (laughs) the military rank but uh, it was a you know I I have to admit you know the when we did the naming convention with with colonel we had a really strong response but with the success of Phil in and colonel we had nearly ten times more uh, caregivers vote on major, <laughs> uh, um, and just really getting behind the you know get, getting behind the momentum of, of these K nine teams. So these these K nine teams that were named by our by our caregivers, and I couldn't be more proud of them.
1: And just if you would maybe the final thirty seconds before we let you go, we touched on that the Catholic Foundation, the donors that support the Catholic Foundation. So people within our community. Their financial contributions have made these two K9 teams possible. I'm guessing that must – you touched on what it means to you as a security uh, manager and people that work in that. But, I mean, just that's got to be an added level of, um, I guess, uh, pride that you all feel that that the community embraces this program to the degree that they're going to put their finances behind it.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, yes. As as street professionals, we we certainly appreciate that. But I can also say that our law enforcement officers and our, our our other community members are deeply appreciative of it as well. And you know, without the the financial contribution of the foundation, we would not be able to uh, even dream of of having these uh, these highly trained teams. I mean uh I believe dr. Samsel you know shared that it's roughly about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars just to launch one of these teams, and from that um, that steadfast commitment from the foundation, we're able to uh leverage um, these uh, highly highly trained and highly skilled uh handlers and and k nine teams to enhance our our detection capabilities and and provide that safe compassionate environment uh, for for all who, who come to CAD Cadillac.
1: Well, Jake, thanks so much for taking the time. We're going to meet Major and Pete right after this. Back with more.
3: You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610-KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Here again, Jim Hall.
1: Welcome back to Catholic on Call presented by the Catholic Foundation. And a reminder that if you missed any part of our program, Catholic on Call is available on podcast. Just search Catholic on Call wherever you listen to your favorite Podcast. Welcome back to the program. We're going to visit now with the newest canine security officer at Catholic Regional Medical Center, and that is Pete Almaguer, and he has a new partner by the name of Major. And, Pete, uh, first of all, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Um, tell us a little bit about Major, because I'm sure he's the star of the two-man show with you and him.
4: Yes, uh, everybody loves Major <laughs> when he comes in, but uh, he's a three-year-old Belgian Malinois from Croatia, Uh, He's a dual-purpose dog. Uh, He's a explosive or bomb detection, and he can do patrol work. Um, I think one thing that really surprised me about Major was just how big, uh, how much he likes to work. And when we call it training, it's really playing for him. But uh, he really, you know, when you when you release him at the end of the day, he's just a pup. He gets pretty goofy and is just like (laughs) regular one of the dogs at home. So.
1: And I think when most people think of, you know, to know Colonel, Colonel is, Colonel is a bigger dog than Major and kind of your t- traditional-looking canine security, if you can visualize at home what, what these animals look like. Um, but Major, not so much, just much more sleek and muscular, and but still just as effective and, I'm sure, uh, athletic.
4: Yes, the the Melanois is a, sm- a little bit smaller breed than the German Shepherd. But they've been very effective in military use and police force. Uh, they're they're just wonderful dogs when it comes to you know they just I think they call them Malangators is what they call them <laughs> this is their nickname because they are very explosive and athletic dogs.
1: And talk a little bit about the training. Jake was on a few moments ago. The manager of security and safety at Caldic and told us about the program that you attended. Uh, both uh, Phil and you with your with your animals down in Alabama. But talk a little bit about what what how, what goes into that.
4: Well, Phil Phil warned me ahead of time it was going to be very intensive uh, training, and uh, it, it was. It was every bit that he said it would be. Uh, we'd wake up early and. Uh, take care of all the other dogs in the kennels, and then we'd start working, tracking with our dogs, and uh, then we'd go right into detection and bite work, and it was, uh, really, it was 12 hours a day, you know, you're working with your dog every day, and you go home and your dog stays with you, and um, the same course, you know, that's the same course that uh, police canine hammers from all over the country um, go through, and it's the same course that some of the dogs that go to SWAT teams and overseas to uh, Special Forces, so it was very intensive, and we all went through the same course and to date, I believe it was probably the toughest thing I've ever done in my life
1: wow wow and you and you touched on the training that you go through, and you mentioned that all kinds of security canines are in this training facility in Alabama. How does training i guess for a healthcare setting differ than for maybe a patrol regular police police dog setting
4: well for for the hospital setting I think the a priority I had that the police force didn't have um was just socialization of the dog. I wanted to make sure the dog would be approachable and you'd be able to pet the dog. Um, you know, you don't need um you know, you don't need a explosive bite dog, you need a, a social dog that can can handle every situation in the hospital but then still turn around and get you know, say hi to the nurses and, and the guests and patients and you know, just have it has a good demeanor. And that was the one thing that stood out with uh with Major and part of the selection. He had the drives to do all the work, but he also had a good social social part to him as well.
1: Now and we touched on with Jake the role that Colonel and Phil play primarily just within the hospital campus in Richland. And clearly there are a lot of other facilities that Cadillac provides in the healthcare setting all over the Tri Cities area. Is that what adding you and Major to the team will do, that you will be branching out and and making appearances at all these uh, off-site facilities?
4: Yes, it does allow us to, like you said, Colonel was primarily at Cadillac Regional Medical Center. He stayed on the main campus. um, With Major and myself, we're able to branch out, and Phil Phil and Colonel will also, but now we can cover all the Cadillac facilities in in the Tri-Cities area.
1: And talk a little bit about, if you would, your uh po- police law enforcement background and and how it came to be that you ended up in the with uh, as a partner to major in the healthcare world
4: i think i i go back i i was born or not, grew up in tri-cities in kenwick washington um i went into the air force at 18 years old and when i got out i came back and i started with benton county corrections and i had 14 years there and it was wonderful experience but I kind of wanted to do more in the community. I really wanted to, you know, coming to Cadillac helps me be a caregiver. I can help people and help our 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 visitors and uh you know, it's just been it's been a good experience taking all my knowledge from the Air Force and from uh Benton County and being able to apply it to security and as canine security at Cadillac.
1: And I know Places like Catholic have been fortunate uh, through the generous support of the Catholic Foundation to bring on a canine security presence in their healthcare setting. And I know you had just mentioned, I think, before we came on the air that you just returned with Major from training up in Spokane. So were you up with your Spokane healthcare colleagues going through the paces today?
4: Yes, we have uh, we have uh, three three working dogs at Providence Hospital in Spokane, and uh, we were able to go over. A lot of scent work and just our regular training and I mean I know we call it training, but for for the dogs it's fun. Everything we do is a game to them and they just absolutely love love to work. And uh, we were able to get down there and I really wanted to show the the Spokane uh, team what we were bringing and uh, they were really happy with how uh, how major worked worked today. (laughs) I was really pleased with him. He had a he had a really good day working today.
1: That's terrific. And and do you interact with the other security teams here in the Tri Cities, whether they're police or sheriff's departments or the other law enforcement K nine teams?
4: Well, having my time at Benton County, I a lot of my colleagues, former colleagues, are um, friends, and I've reached out to them and invited them to their training, or in, uh, vice versa. We can go and see their training. So I, I still have a lot of contacts from when I was when I worked at Benton County and. And uh, well, I hope to to continue. And they, you know, they they're able to work with their with their drug dogs and their explosive dogs. And I'm just kind of looking forward to just keep networking and building those relationships with them.
1: And I guess just a concluding question, if you would, just what is the the greatest benefit that that the team of Pete and Major uh, will provide to people here in the Tri Cities and the Catholic facilities?
4: Well, I, I hope that we get as a you get as warmer greet. We do get as warmer greeting as Colonel and Phil do, but it's just it's it's wonderful to walk into a facility and everybody says hi and they come and run over and they're petting and loving on Major, and then at the very end it's like hey Pete, but it's just fun. <laughs> I mean, it's just fun coming in and seeing everybody kind of brighten up. It seems to brighten up
1: everybody's day. And probably one of the most important questions is how to how do Colonel and Major are they are they fast buddies or. Are they kind of there' a little turf battle going on there
4: they're getting they're getting there um major because this is the traits we we're looking for is a very uh, dog friendly people friendly dog um colonel is also very people friendly but he's having trouble <laughs> adjusting to major being in his space but we're gonna we're working through that
1: <laughs> well, and I think the most important thing that it that it just allows more Presence throughout uh, all of the Catholic complex, not only at the hospital, but all over the Tri Cities where Catholic has healthcare services. And I guess that's what it's all about, right? Yes, sir. That's uh, absolutely what it's about. Pete Almaguer, the new canine security officer, with his admittedly more famous and more uh, friendly. Uh, K9 Major. Uh, Pete, welcome to the team, and uh, thanks for um, uh, spending some time with us and helping our community understand the importance of, of Major and Colonel and yourself and Phil and the role that we play in keeping everyone safe in the community.
4: Yep. Thank you for having me. It was
1: fun. You got it. Pete Almaguer, canine security officer at Catholic Regional Medical Center. When we come back, we're going to tell you about a fun, I guess it's a fun run, but it's a serious run that's going to be happening all to benefit cancer care in the Tri-Cities. And we'll do that right after this. Welcome back to Catholic on Call, and we conclude tonight by talking to you about an upcoming 10K race that would be held in Richland on September the 18th. And that's a Sunday morning, and it's going to be, I'm sure, much cooler. So just the kind of weather that uh, distance runners like. And the beauty of this is the proceeds, and and it's all in support of the Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation. It's the Cancer Crushing Challenge. And with us is Lori De- Lori Ladd, who's the development officer for corporate giving and events at Catholic. And Lori, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Just this is a first uh, first annual event. Tell us a little bit about the motivation for um, why and wh- what what you're yes. expecting.
5: Yes, oh, we're so excited about it, Jim. Yes, it's a cancer crushing challenge ten k, and we're closing the streets of Richland. We're going to be on George Washington Way, and not very often do you see. George Washington Way closed, so we we closed from Lee Boulevard all the way up to Van Giesen, take um, Haynes up to the River Path. It's going to be a total of a 10K, so a little bit over six miles. And it is so exciting. This is funds to benefit our cancer patients at the Tri-Cities Cancer Center, the, the Catholic Tri-Cities Cancer Center. And we are no, um, we have so much experience with runs. We used to do the Run for Ribbons, and we decided we wanted to do something extraordinary this year with closing down the street so it'll be on George Washington way. It's very easy to register cancercrushingchallenge.org. It's only $35 and registrations are going on right now Jim.
1: And talk to us a little bit I know it's it's awesome for the runners that they've got the nice flat G way and then you cut over and and there's nothing better in the tri-cities than those riverfront paths all over the tri-cities but obviously uh on Sunday morning the traffic isn't like on a yeah. rush hour weekday so <laughs> no worries there but w- w- what's the, no worries. What, what's the, the, the it's so nice to be able to combine fitness and mm-hmm. and fun and I guess yeah. and meaning to to a cause right
5: yes it is for sure and not what a better way to get out and have be some have some healthy um, attributes with fitness and you can do this for anyone you can run it's a timed race. Uh, Run against yourself. You can run um, for somebody. Um, We have so many lives in the Tri-Cities that have been touched by cancer, unfortunately. And um, we want to be there for people as a support. And this race is going to be, or run, is going to be so much fun because you can also lock it. You don't have to run it, but you can time yourself. Get out there with your family and friends. Um, We're going to end in Lee um, on Lee Boulevard in Howard Amon Park with a pancake breakfast and mimosas so so much fun that's going to be right down by the fingernail. So lots of activity going on on September 18th, Jim.
1: And this is all on the Sunday morning, so the the idea is to yeah. gather early and once everybody takes off, obviously you're there's going to be some some high high level competitive 10k racers, <laughs> right? But there'll be a lot more yeah. uh, people like me.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We're hoping to make this the blooms day of tri cities. That's kind of what our um goal is, is just to have Lots of participants bring some tourism to our area, not only to um, obviously benefit our economy, but benefit our tri Cancer Center Foundation patients. Um, that's what we're here is to show support and, of course, um, get some um, exercise with doing that. Um, lots of volunteers for this, jam. We've got so many people involved, some great foundation board members um, that are helping steerhead our committee that's putting this run together. And, of course, um, lots of local corporate sponsors, like our title Washington River Protection Solutions. They've been a great partner for us, so we're real thrilled to um, be able to feature this run for them.
1: And obviously, it does, as you touched on, make a lot take a lot of work and coordination. And I know the mm-hmm. city of Richland uh, graciously uh, allows mm-hmm. this to happen because uh, you know it, yep. it, they they certainly have a vested interest in it too. But t- the. You touched on the, the the amount of people it takes to put something like this on, but it, but as you touched uh-huh. on, it's all it's all very worth it.
5: Oh, so very much so. Yes, not only do the corporate sponsors help us out with volunteers from employees, but we have the city of Richland Parks and Rec, we have the police department, we have um, the fire stations that will help also with making sure that we're all staying safe. Um, There's so many um, people that are involved with this run on the 18th of September. Very, very excited. You
1: Mm -hmm. know, and I just thought of this as we were on the air, because earlier in the program, we had Pete and our new canine security officer, Major. Maybe we can get them to come down and pay a visit that morning, too.
5: Exactly. That would be (laughs) fabulous for Colonel and Major to come.
1: Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, I want to maybe have you, I guess, give a a shout-out to two audiences. Mm -hmm. One those who are listening that might be serious runners that really want to go yep. out and, and see the best of what the, what they can do in a 10K setting, yep. and then those that are more yep. like me that are doing it uh, for fun and, and uh, yes. might not be so serious about it but want to participate.
5: Exactly. And really for those serious, this is a um, mile marker time to run. Um, they will, we will be um, giving everybody times by age groups, so for those that are the serious Bloomsday or marathon runners, um, this is this is one of those races that you should be able to use as a registration or a, a goal to get to Bloomsday or to some of the other marathons. And for those that just want to go out and have fun, um, again, 6.2 miles on a Sunday morning, easy-peasy along George Washington Way all the way to the River Path. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and,
1: and again, just review uh, how, how you can sign up and what time do they need to be paying attention on September the yes. 18th? Yes.
5: Um, Sign-ups are very easy on cancercrushingchallenge.org. So um, cancercrushingchallenge.org. You can register now. It's $35. And we will have a pickup date on the day before, so Saturday, to be announced to those of you that register. We will send out a, a mass email um, to pick up your bibs ahead of time. And, of course, the, the best part of it is after you finish your race, not only can you enjoy a pancake breakfast, and mimosa um, for extra fees, but you get a finisher t-shirt included with your registration. So cancercrushingchallenge.org.
1: Lori Lott with the Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation. The Cancer Crushing Challenge happening September 18th along the streets in Richland. Uh, The run begins, uh, I guess, gathering at 7, but uh, lots of fun Mm -hmm. festivities uh, on a a Sunday morning. Lori Lott. Thanks for taking the time to be with us and again mark that on your calendar Sunday the September 18th. Thanks so much to all of our guests for joining us tonight. We'll talk again next Wednesday night.